Yes, thank you very much. Um, thank you very much for attending the Lex Amica Legal Series tonight. And um, yes, we're going to be beginning in, uh, in, in very few minutes. We're going to be beginning in very, very, very few minutes. Just hold on. Just just bear with us uh, for like five minutes. This, this particular space is going to be beginning in exactly five minutes. Yes, thank you very much for all the attendance, uh, for all the attendance. Uh, Lex Amica is, is a Makere Law School Institute that deals with uh, interrogating matters pertaining the rule of law, uh, human rights and governance, democracy, and whatnot at Makere University. It does, among other things, host activities like talk shows, uh, partner up in uh, writing research papers and everything to do with all that. Lex Amica is actually uh, a functioning institution by the particular students of Makerelo School. Whoever wants to be part of the Lex Amica should actually be able to send in a DM using this particular Twitter page or even send in an email to the Lex Amica communication channels. Tonight, uh, Lex Amica is having its first ever legal and virtual talk show via the twitter spaces and we welcome you whoever has decided to join us tonight and we are going to be interrogating the efficacy of the makerere university guild tribunal to cleanse the makerere guild politics and uh we have been having very few technical uh, very few technical and network issues to do with our hosts and Tonight, your host is going to be Chisule Dalton, stepping in for Mr. Nwe Ahereza, who has been curtailed by the poor network. Otherwise, we expect to have um, a very, very interesting session tonight, and we do encourage you to have all your friends and close associates actually log into this particular Twitter space so that we can get started. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Just call upon each and every one, call upon all your friends, associates, relatives to log into this particular space as we interrogate the efficacy of the Makere Guild Tribunal to cleanse the Makere University Guild politics.
Yes, thank you very much, everyone who has uh, logged into this particular Twitter space. We are just awaiting um, the panelists to log in. We have had a few setbacks, uh, given that uh, the host, uh, Mr. Nwoya Hereza, who was meant to uh, uh, particularly moderate this particular space, has been held back by uh, one network. But within a very few minutes, we expect the panelists to actually log onto this particular Twitter space and we shall kickstart this discussion tonight. And do not forget the topic of discussion is whether uh, in light with the guilt tribunal decision of Motamba versus the Speaker of the House and the clerk, this particular tribunal, is it in position to cleanse the Makere University guild politics? Stay tuned in as we await uh, uh, the, the, the particular panelists to come in. I can see Mr. Harry Mwesigwa in the chairperson of the Mercury Debating Union and Mr. Joseph Bill, a human rights activist, rule of law champion, and specifically a legal scholar. Let's tune in as we await uh, some of the panelists to, to join in. Thank you very much. And your, co your, your host tonight is going to be Chisule Dalton a partner and co-founder of Lex Amica. Yes, and uh, specifically, this is to the panelists. Uh, first of all, Mr. Harry Moisig, we have sent you a request that you could join in as a speaker together with Mr. Uh, Aine Rugaba, Joseph Bill. Uh, please accept this particular request so that you could be uh, able to share in your views, so that you could be able to speak on this particular space. I've tried uh, contacting you, uh, but I can't seem to get you. Please, please accept those particular requests so that we could at least kickstart with a few of you. I can see Mr. Nabuya and a rule of law advocate, uh, uh, activist and, and a human rights uh, advocate on the call. Please accept the requests to have you as speakers on this particular space and uh, we could go on.
Yes, I want to welcome every every person who has tuned in onto this particular space and uh, without wasting time we are going to actually kick off with our space and uh, today's particular theme of the Lex Amica legal series is that following the tribunal decision in Motamba versus uh, the versus the honorable speaker of the 88th guild house and the clerk to that particular house is the guild tribunal really in position to cleanse the Makere Guild politics. And on the panel today, we have Mr. Harry Mwesigwa, who is the chairperson of the Makere uh, Debate Union and was also the lead uh, representative together with Mr. Nabuyanda, to ma- together with Mr. and Honorable Nabuyanda Solomon. Uh, they represented the respondents. And we have Mr. Bill Joseph uh, Aine Rugaba, who is a legal scholar, rule of law activist, and legal analyst on this particular call. We shall have um, a one Mr. Kaira John Mary who will be uh, sitting on the and, and tuning in into this particular space as a legal analyst and a scholar from Makere University School of Law. Equally, we are having Mr. Kakumba Nelson, the chairperson of the Makere University 88th Guild Tribunal, attending this particular space, and other panelists shall be introduced as they actually tune into this particular discussion tonight. Uh, to start off, I would like to give uh, the listeners a background to this particular decision by the tribunal and petition. It followed the uh, session, the second session of the House, where they were required to actually approve and pass a budget that was to cater for the activities of the Guild. Both the Speaker's Chambers, the Executive and the, uh, the Guild Representative Council in total. And this particular session had actually been uh, uh, put into recess and uh, following a decision by the speaker and the clerk on the 27th of December they actually called for an emergency session that was supposed to be held yesterday and it was indeed held uh, this follows the decision of the tribunal to actually declare that this particular session had been called for legally and should stand so tonight we are going to interrogate that particular question. But the very first question that I'm going to pose to all the panelists uh, tonight is going to be that uh, really, as you panelists, as you all converge here, what do you take individually of the status of the Makere University Guild politics in total? What is your perception? What ideas do you have? What particular opinions do you hold about the status of the Makere University Guild politics? This goes to all the panelists tonight. And I will start with uh, Mr. Joseph B. Laine Rugaba. Thank you very much. I hope I can be heard. I need something. Can I be heard? Hello, can I be heard? Mr. Bill. Uh, Mr. Bill. Mr. Ernie Bill. 
Can you hear me? Yes. 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 If yes, you can, can hear me, please. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Please go on and deliberate on the particular question posed to you. Uh, okay. Thank you very much for, for the opportunity and uh, the, I hope to be very spot on that. So basically when you're looking at the the new uh, uh, the new environment that we're operating in um, after the the suspension of the old guild and the enactment of the of the new students guilds uh, statute and the and I think there is now a draft constitution uh, the operation of which is uh, it is not clear considering that it is being referred to as a, a draft constitution and it is already being Uh, I don't know if it's it's really me, but I really can't uh, catch Mr. Uh, Ainerugaba speaking. Um, um, Honorable Nabuyanda, uh, would you please unmute and deliberate on that particular question posed? I don't seem to catch what Mr. Ainerugaba is saying, but uh, when he does get clear, we shall really let him uh, deliver his opinion. Now, turning back to you, Mr. Nabuyanda Solomon, you were a counsel uh, representing the respondents and you as well a human rights activist, a rule of law activist, and most importantly, a legal scholar. What do you take of the status quo of the Makere Guild politics?
help us to maneuver and try to to identify those weak points that we are facing both with the with the current legal regime and even this draft constitution and the and the case we are we we had Well, today seems to be a really, really bad day for the speakers. Uh, it happens to be that actually the host is the only person whose network is very, very, very favorable tonight. I don't know what is happening. Uh, Mr. Nawiyanda has been requested to unmute and speak. He has not done so. Uh, Mr. Bill Ainerugaba is attempting to actually submit, but he is actually not coming through. I've sent in particular request to the Honorable Minister of Justice, uh, Ms. Namale Alice, uh, but she doesn't uh, seem to be accepting that particular request. I can see the Honorable Chairperson. But conclude, basically, it conclude of the politics. We have to. We, we have to identify. basically uh, sure. two two or three things one is that we are in an experimental phase and secondly we shouldn't judge the organs of the guild harshly because of <laughs> these kinds of uh of uh of uh because we're in an, an experimental phase and maybe lastly we need to keep on uh improving the the, the because we are in an experimental phase we need to proceed and improve on the on the uh such kind of environment. Thank you. So, um, Dalton, is it my turn to speak? Yes, yes, Mr. Nabuyanda, please uh, tune in and, and deliberate. Well, um, thank you so much, Dalton, and everyone that is tuning in to this um, space. Um, uh, I'm actually so humbled and honored to join with you. Um, I don't know. Please confirm. Can you hear me, Dalton? Yes, sure, sure. I can hear you, Mr. Nabuyanda. Okay, you'll pardon me because um, I'm unwell, so uh, my voice is a little bit low. Um, but to begin with, um, you said um, to every panelist that is coming up to speak, what do you take 
um, individually of the Makere Guild politics. Well, um, first and foremost, I should say that um, uh, the current status of the politics at Makere University is one that is actually very boring, disappointing, shocking, and surprising um, for everything or think of whatever um, a word in that line you want to describe it as. First and foremost, I'll say that um, it is too bad that um, academic freedoms or freedoms of students, the rights of students, have been infringed on by the university. But I can also say that good for the students, because these are things that we have cried over and over again, and students have looked unto them. So simply, um, uh, the politics at Makere University is one that is nurturing um, that is nurturing puppets, one that is nurturing actually students that are that shall be um, intimidated or scared to raise their voices, which is something wrong because I do believe academic freedoms or student rights should be the what should shape the politics in our country. First and foremost, I'll point you at um, one of the things that we haven't paid attention to. Um, uh, the Guild Tribunal. I think the Guild Tribunal this time around has been so vibrant because it has been existing, but hardly cases have been adjudicated by the Guild Tribunal that the students know of. Um, if you challenge any student, student randomly or even GRCs that are just going out or even um, uh, uh, the Honorable Minister for Justice and Constitutional Affairs to at least tell you um, five cases that have been adjudicated by the um, by, 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 by the Guild Tribunal. It is something that um, actually um, uh, has not been in students. She will hardly mention any, or even yourself, I'll dare you, but you will hardly mention any. That is one of the, those are some of the weaknesses we've had. But this time around, it has been vibrant, I guess, because of the popular Mukisa case, and which was trying to, um, uh, secure an injunction to block a session from ongoing. But otherwise, because of the able respondents' legal team, we managed to battle that. My experience in the legal team, I can say that it is one that is sitting at the mercy of one person, that is the chairperson of the tribunal, Nelson Kakumba um, J. Uh, why I am saying that is simply because even during the case, you would see that all the others our followers are blindly following the chairperson. They could hardly say anything or even respond or ask questions to the during the adjudication. So that simply shows you that there is a loophole. The current system is one that is not opening up um, opportunities to um, opening up opportunities to professional to nurturing professionalism because one would um, actually prefer law students because they have that legal knowledge that legal backing the world has moved away from the house of lords because most of the lords that made up the house of lords were non-lawyers but this is a time where professionalism is uh, is actually one of the aspects that is lacking in our country and one would say that Makerere would actually be opening up the doors to professional nurturing professionalism which is closing to because you do not expect a business student to actually um uh, exhaust the law as a law student would do that that is one i can say secondly i'll look i'll actually tell you that um uh, when you look at the new laws that are in place are one that is going that are going to frustrate that are going to actually that are going to actually push away 
um, uh, students from exercising their rights to extremity or enjoying their rights to extremity. Look at the freedom of association. Political parties will be illegal in a forthcoming election. And, in, and actually, I guess political parties shall be doing work underground. That actually shows you that the freedom of association is limited by the politics at the university. However, um, um, that works to our good because it shall actually work to um, push away hooliganism or actually push intellectualism to thrive in the university, but also works that uh, works both in negative and positive. And maybe lastly, what I can say is um, the politics at the university, why I said it's disappointing is um, uh, students, most especially student leaders, do not know what to do. Student leaders are confused as the students they lead. Um, I'll take you to um, the current um, the, the, the current government. It's of course it's too bad to judge this government because it has um, basing on, on 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 what we are seeing because it's a government that has had the shortest time so far in office and shortest time to complete. But of course, the Baganda have a popular saying that says, um, uh, I'll take you to the cabinet. When you look at the framing of the cabinet, as I told you earlier, professionalism has been locked out. When you look at the framing of the cabinet, you'll find out that actually um, um, people that lack knowledge in certain ministries are the ministers running those, those ministries. So such a thing works to actually frustrate the growth the growth and thriving of student um, uh, student engagement into intellectualism and um, growth politically i beg to submit yes thank you thank you very much uh, mr uh, mr nabuyanda for that uh, passionate submission he actually raises particular issues that those least at least acquainted with the business are the ones seeming to be running this particular ministry or these particular ministries he also submits that this particular tribunal and the politics but specifically that tribunal seems to be a one man's workshop because neither can the others accept or even uh, um, dissent from uh, the reasoning of the chairperson he opines in his own wisdom that maybe this should be a monopoly of the law students. Uh, but that is, of course, uh, subject to, to scrutiny and other reasoning. But he is really convinced that maybe this should not be a, uh, uh, an enterprise that whoever uh, so wishes could join. But maybe the law students with the legal knowledge should, uh, should be the ones to actually jump in here. And, uh, and give uh, the opinions and the rulings as uh, as it happened. In the last ruling, in case you didn't know, we had a decision by the Honorable uh, Mr. Nelson Kakumba, the chairperson, and it seemed all the 10 others, or at least as I understand it, the other six members of the tribunal as required by the quorum in the approved constitution did uh, basically um, they sided with Nelson and his his decision and the reasoning therein, and the question could really be, did they genuinely, did they genuinely really uh, side and agree with Mr. Kakumba, or they actually just followed because they had to 
and had nothing indeed useful to add? Uh, that is a question to all of you listeners tonight. Uh, but as I pointed out earlier, it seems uh, that the other panelists have really had troubles actually accessing uh, this particular space. Uh, as I told you earlier, I've sent in requests to a number of panelists and I can see the Honorable Minister around, Miss Namale Alice, but I've sent her a request which she hasn't approved yet. I can see uh, Mr. Kakumba, the chairperson himself available and a listener here. I've equally sent him a request that he hasn't actually acceded to. And uh, Mr. Harry Mwesigo was on the call, but he's on and off, on and off. I can see the other panelists still available. And uh, uh, my question is, uh, rather my take is that if at all they actually accept this particular invite, then they will log in and be able to submit. Otherwise, my hands are equally tied. I can see Mr. John Mary here. I'm approving him, but the network keeps on kicking him out. However, I would like to then move on to the next uh, question uh, to the panelists, who are only two as of now. And uh, my, uh, my question uh, uh, would be that, do you guys really think uh, that this particular in this particular disposition of this tribunal, as I have relayed out to you, and how it is designed really uh, previously before the amendment of this particular constitution and before the coming in of this particular university statute of 2022 to deal with guild leadership. Do you think, as it usually happened earlier, that this particular tribunal is uh, able at all to check the activities of government? Formally, as I understand it, it was that this particular tribunal would be able to check the actions of the executive, that is to do with the president, it would even be able to check the actions of the speaker. And to that end, uh, I think I came to learn of the existence of this tri uh, particular tribunal together with Mr. Harry Mwesigwaz were deliberating on a decision by the tribunal in our year one uh, in the matter of Bosa Price and others versus the speaker of, uh, uh, of the, I think, the 80s sixth government where in that particular tribunal actually uh, found against the speaker and even recommended for his impeachment and he was subsequently impeached if uh, my memory serves me right but given the disposition of this particular uh, the disposition of this particular tribunal do you guys ably think that it is able to check the government in its entirety the speaker's chambers together with the president and i'm going to start uh, with uh, Mr. Joseph Bill there, uh, hopefully the network does allow you this time around. Yes, Bill, what is your take on this? Thank you very much. I, I hope the network will allow me this time. So when you when you look at the, the composition and structure of the tribunal, and uh, one of the things that um, I had the benefit of looking at was how it was, how this tribunal ought to operate, especially during... The, the time of the recent elections. Uh, on paper, to be honest, on paper it looks like the, the, the tribunal is well armed to, to the activities of the guild. And when you look further yeah, and read the draft constitution, it, it theoretically, it, it, the, the tribunal seems to be uh, armed to check the activities of the guild. But when you try to to put that into practice, then that's where the problem is. Because uh, if 
like my like my land brother put it when you when you look at the fact that the tribe is composed of uh should i say students from all colleges which shouldn't be bad but when i take you back to the basis of tribunals is that the, the tribunals are supposed to be quasi judicial bodies they, they they do not operate like uh courts of of law so the fact that they are quasi judicial bodies is uh in my opinion because tribunals are meant to deal with specific matters there is that area of specialization which uh it is deemed that tribunals are best placed to deal with i'll give you an example tax appeals tribunal the, the tax appeals tribunal is 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 specialized in t- to deal with tax claims because the composition of such a tribunal is tailored with that expertise to 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 effectively deal with with such claims now if we are to base on that on that line of reasoning then it means that the current tribunal in my career it's 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 composure should be if it if it if at all it's supposed to be a tribunal as the the framers wanted to put it then to through its the, the activities it it does are those activities specifically tailored towards a certain area of specialization and and the answer is basically in the negative so when you look at the issues that the tribunal deals with the composition is more political than quasi judicial in as much as it's supposed to be quasi judicial body so we are having a composition of people from uh, across the board right uh people from humanity i mean okay various colleges and now the, the draft constitution is saying that the person from uh, law school is by default going to be the chairman so the, the framers of the draft constitution are by implication acknowledging that there is basically a lacuna in the law because by the time you're to make the, ch- the chairperson someone from law school then it means you're uh, to an extent acknowledging that this tribunal is going to be handling issues which should be more quasi-judicial than political but when you look at the composition again you find that um, I, I think the statute is saying that members of the of the tribunal the, their decisions should be by secretary Uh, of which the first decision wasn't uh but but going by the wording of the statute then it means that if the if the framers wanted the, the the decision of the of the tribunal to be by secret ballot then it shows that there is more intention for it to operate to operate in a more political than quasi judicial way uh so th- that alone is hindering the, the 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 effectiveness of the tribunal to 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 deal with uh claims arising out of the organs of the guild and lastly you're looking at the independence of the tribunal and, and its funding and again this on both in both its structure and even in practice to me it's untenable because if if the tribunal if the funding of the tribunal is tailored to to organs of the guild uh which the same tribunal is supposed to carry out oversight then it it becomes uh conflicting it be, it, it means that politics is likely going to get the better of the of the effective running of the tribunal even of of the other members uh, and and uh, again on this on, on this other point that I talked about I think we, we we saw it in the very first school uh constitutional petition that the tribunal had 
whereby the the, 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 the petitioners and respondents representatives were, were law students and in my own view they were basically they were basically doing more of educating the the, the, the members of the tribunal. So it's like only the chairperson is the one who can effectively relate with the, the, the petitioners. So it is I, I don't think that it is putting people on putting yes, and because uh, of thank that, you we very have much. Yeah yes thank okay. you very much thank Bill. I, I may have to cut you off because of time. And uh, uh, now moving on to uh, to the next speaker. Uh, I can see Mr. Kakumba Nelson, the chairperson of this particular tribunal, is on the call. But first, before I get to you, Mr. Nelson, I would want to hear from uh, Mr. Nabuyanda and uh, Mr. Harry Mwesigwa, who seems to be off the call. But Mr. Nabuyanda, uh, taking into account that uh, uh, the petition, as I earlier mentioned, of Mr. Edwin Bosa Price uh, against the Speaker of the 86th Guild did actually succeed and uh, recommended for the impeachment of the speaker who was indeed actually impeached uh, if my memory serves me right do you think then in your own opinion this particular tribunal in which you actively participated defending the petition against the 88th guild speaker do you think it, it is able to guarantee uh, a, a full uh, checking of the government in entirety the speaker and the executive do you think it is really able to enforce those particular doctrines of law, separation of powers and what not and ensure full accountability to the people? In your own opinion, Mr. Nabuyanda Solomon, uh, what is your take? Um, well, um, can you hear me, Dalton? Yes, sure, I can really hear you. Okay, um, what I can say is, first and foremost... Um, on record, on record, whether in future or not in the future, I appear before the tribunal again. I want to express my dissatisfaction in the composition of that tribunal, as I said earlier. So that simply answers the question you asked. And I want to state it clearly on record that the composition of that tribunal cannot ably check. Um, uh, the government or the the, the legislature and the and and, and 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 the executive, because I told you there is simply one-eyed man amongst the ten, meaning the blind are being led by one man who actually decides that you know what, let's cross, let's cross and um, let's cross and use. Um, let me say here, or let us now jump, even when a trailer is coming or it's not coming. So in such circumstances, as I told you earlier, because um, given the fact that maybe this um, uh, this does not require law students or that shall not law students, but most of the issues that are going to come before this tribunal are matters of law, are issues of law. And it, it must take one with um, good knowledge to dispute the issues of law and um, the resolutions 
of those issues that is going to be argued and presented before this tribunal. And as I told you earlier, because um, however much the chief justice is the head of the, of the judiciary, when a hearing is going on or when a session is going on, the session is not monopolized by the chief justice. The session is actually at play before the members on the panel. On, on the on 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 the panel unlike what we what what i experienced in the previous in the previous um uh, appearance before this tribunal and uh, this simply shows that um according to me what i saw is um the chairperson of the tribunal is um is 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 is, is, is actually the direction of the tribunal whether he's heading to the right way or wrong way the members of the tribunal shall follow him simply because they actually believe that he has more legal knowledge than what they do so that simply informs um, the members of the grc we are having here and actually the way forward um i can see babinga on the call i can see harry on the call and other members that i do not know i can see the honorable minister and um, before you invite um uh, associations to register I guess we should have a legal opinion on constitutionalism um, in the university. In the university, and we expect a bill. I personally, I would expect a bill, a private member's bill, or a bill from one of the members of the house to actually, um, uh, to actually go and uh, present the restructuring of this tribunal to. People with legal background, people with legal people with legal knowledge. It shouldn't be a one-man show. It should actually be um, actually um, to me. If I was a petitioner and I lost in this specific case, I would believe that justice has not been seen to be done. Justice is only said to be done because I only saw Kakumba Nelson dispute legal issues and on interaction with many of the members. They. The, 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 the members of this tribunal, they cannot um, dispute the issues you are raising. They are saying, hey, Council Olimugezi, that is what we should avoid and we should actually strive as the heal as, um, because I believe we are nurturing lawyers, we are nurturing judges, we are nurturing people that uh, bear disagreements and we shouldn't resolve them um, uh, with blood and iron uh, like one of the greatest leaders said, but we should resolve them amicably. And one of the possible ways that is trying to be um, nurtured or put um, into the young people, into leaders of tomorrow, into citizens of tomorrow, that when you have a disagreement, you do not kill each other or you do not stab each other to death. But when you have a disagreement, there are very many other avenues. A tribunal could be one of the avenues or a court of law could be one be one of those avenues and therefore um, i beg to submit i beg to submit yes interesting interesting thank you uh, very much mr nawianda solomon and what are the most catchy uh, uh, phrase from your submission is that in loganda that council or limugezi indeed it shouldn't be like that uh, where matters of importance are being submitted. And of course, uh, your take, uh, as you, Mr. Nawiyanda, is that had you been on the petitioner's side, you would appeal and you didn't consider justice to have been served. And the funny thing is that I, 
uh, the moderator of this particular space I happened to be uh, the sole representative of the petitioners. Now, I don't know what to take from your submission, uh, <laughs> but uh, my clients, uh, at least as of now, they are contented. Uh, but uh, I hoped to actually give Mr. Harry Mwesigwa, uh, your co-counsel in this particular case, a chance to submit and deliberate on the same, but he's on and off the call, as I earlier intimated. Uh, so are the other panelists. They are really trying to join in, but I, I guess uh, they are actually home enjoying the festive period now i would like uh, to be permitted of course by all of you listeners to actually proceed uh, to the main man of this particular tribunal i can see mr nelson kakumba the honorable chairperson of the tribunal uh, available as a speaker now at, uh, on this particular call I would actually employ you members who have uh, burning questions to actually share the same uh, through the comment section uh, by commenting uh, by way of putting that particular question in that particular comment section. Uh, later on, we shall have a session that shall permit all members to ask orally these particular uh, members the questions, but you could as well record them down there. Uh, maybe they could be caught up as these particular members submit. Mr. Nelson. Kakumba, the chairperson. Mr. Nawianda has submitted that it should not be uh, a one-eyed man heading the blind when it comes to matters of justice. Mr. Bill did say that the people, they, the people, do wish the best for the tribunal. But equally, uh, the structural framework of this tribunal, away from the paper establishment of this tribunal, does not allow it to permit, uh, does not permit it to, to function. Uh, in an enabling way. Equally, Mr. Kakumba Nelson, it is recorded and it is on record that during that particular session, uh, you did recognize the presence of particular dignitaries, the guild president, the speaker, among all. And it is equally recorded that you, Mr. Nelson Kakumba, the chairperson of the tribunal, in that particular session of hearing the petition against an emergency budget session you had, telling the speaker of this particular house that the tribunal was already working and was indeed in need of finances for particular things like internet. Mr. Nelson, do you think the petitioners would then have expected justice while challenging an emergency budget session with you as chairperson in a session requesting that uh, the right honorable speaker for stipend for the, uh, for the tribunal for particular services rendered Away from that, Mr. Nelson, do you think it is equally an enabling environment for the tribunal to check the organs of government like the executive and the speaker when even its own findings as the tribunal really have to be approved by the guild house itself for them to be enforced? I pass uh, the ball to you, Mr. Nelson Kakumba, to actually respond to uh, those quotations and very many others. Yes, over to you, Mr. Kakumba. Thank you so much, the moderator. I hope I am not be dined on on the New Year's Eve. The question soon. The question <laughs> yes, seems, so, uh, seems so 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 blaming on my part and the tribunal at large, though. I, as much as I understood this particular series, 
I, we came to share ideas. So I don't come here to defend the tribunal. I come here as a law student who actually takes part in whichever kind of good leadership that happens and ensure that I shape the best way I can. So the good tribunal is established under section 12 of the good statute and also articles 49 and subsequent articles under the approved constitution. And the good statute is the law and the law is the law backed by sanctions. When you look at the good statute itself, it gives itself overall powers, whereas the constitution and article 2, it calls itself the, the supreme law of the land. In, subsection, in, uh, in, in clause 3, it later says, however, there would be no clause in the constitution that will be, that will be interpreted in a manner that is... Uh, in a manner that disregards any provision of the statute. To that, to that end, therefore, um, whether by logic or reason, the tribunal is fully composed and is duly constituted. So, however, now being realistic, what would amount to a better tribunal if we don't have one? We would need to check whether we have the front-end futures. The front-end futures, that is the independence that is guaranteed in the Constitution. Then efficiency of the tribunal, in how, how efficient is it, is it? Then access, accessibility of the tribunal. If the people want to reach out to the tribunal, is it accessible? Is there a transparency? when the tribunal is transacting. Is there transparency? Um, in fact, before I leave transparency, that go takes me to answering this particular question, that does, does the tribunal have an enabling environment to checking the guild organs? Was it the question? Given the fact that its particular budget has to be approved by the GRC house. My own understanding of this, taking into account independence and transparency, is that we shouldn't take any of that front-end futures independent of the other. Now, independence itself, whereas the tribunal is independent, you cannot say that uh, our budget, the budget of the tribunal, cannot go to the GRC house for approval. If you're really transparent as members of the tribunal, why don't you be, why doesn't transparency be seen before even the legislators of the place? We have all seen the, let me give an example, we have all seen the Minister of, uh, of Finance presenting budgets of every ministry. Whereas in the constitution the, the, of Uganda, funds of, of the judiciary are charged as the consolidated fund. But we have also seen the parliament, the parliamentary committee on, uh, is it PAC, Public Accounts Committee, something of that sort, interrogating the peers of the judiciary for having misappropriated funds. So, whereas we have independence, efficiency, accessibility, and transparency, then lastly, user-friendly, this question is already partially, partially given uh, an answer to. However, there is an acute lack of awareness in Makere University of what back-end organ support systems are there in place 
to support the tribunal to achieve its mandate. The entire Makere University is not guided on who has to do what for the tribunal to function. The litigants themselves, they don't know. I was really, I, I, I wouldn't want to, to, to drill into the, the case we have discussed. Dealing, reading this case will be me myself revising the judgment we have already given. So I'm not going to open the contents of the case before us, but not even the pleadings of the parties. But it is on record that even the nature of, of, of the pleadings the tribunal is to get may, may not suit the best standard just because the entire market is not guided. Why would someone have to put Whereas we have guidelines in place, someone has to first call a member of the tribunal. Please, do I have a case here? So the entire market is not guided. Those students are not guided. Those students are not guided. They are not concerned. They are just reading to pass. Now, we have that challenge. Um, there was a point of technocracy, uh, but I will, I will visit that later. I wanted to submit in the first session, but I wasn't given a chance. I will come to that later. Let me first answer these ones, where one of the colleagues say the tribunal is now a one-showman case, just on the face of it, really. One law student, and there are matters of law to discuss. Um, members at this particular series, I would want to, 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 to invite you to accept that particular segment of the argument that uh, the tribunal will now currently be moved in a way that it will be having that one mind and the sole understanding of the tribunal, which is problematic. It is purely problematic. However, let me give an example uh, that uh, for, for the case we had. We entered that particular oral submissions uh, session where none of, her, of us had talked to anyone, I mean the members of the tribunal, about what you think of the case. None of us knew what was supposed to be the ruling. We had just read through the submissions, both the petitioners and the respondents. And immediately thereafter the session, we had our own session. That the seven members of the quorum, the people that sat on the quorum. And now we, we, we had a vote. And I am the chairperson, by the way, for your own information, to those that don't know, the chairperson is not only man, is supposed to give rulings, because rulings are not mandatory that he's supposed to give them. However, the relevance of the chairpersonship was to guide the tribunal in whichever thing it is to undertake. Even for things I cannot undertake, I can assign a member of the tribunal. I'm speaking for the 88th. I can assign a member of the tribunal to do them. So as a chairperson of the tribunal, I presided over a session. And we put ourselves to a vote. And surprisingly, we come out of the voting session whereby all members of the tribunal were like, 
basing on the submissions of the respondents and the, the petitioners, basing on whichever things they are put on the paper, the session should stand. Now the questions were to be, how are they standing? Now that is where the chairperson will come in to guide and come with a better ruling. None of us voted towards voted towards the, 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 the petitioner's side fully. And it is all the reasonings are there in the judgment. I hope everyone here has read through the judgment. And surprisingly, all the litigants did not express an interest of showing that they are dissatisfied, dissatisfied with, the, with the ruling of the tribunal. So, whereas there is a problem with the, the lawmaker that every college will send their member, let's give the tribunal and the subsequent tribunals a, a benefit of doubt. However, now, a benefit of doubt is also subject to debate, and you cannot be there working in... in, in in uh, speculations now today we have kakumba next year we shall have so and so we don't know who how he will run the tribunal so now the problem is in the law and actually i would want to now agree with solomon at some point that now we need to look for ways of how we can actually earn this and one of the ways are these sessions i would refuse to attend when but when my brother Dalton came to my inbox about the series. I actually liked it so much. I actually thought I'm coming to listen and write and be guided by counsel here. But then he tells me, you know what? You have to submit. But then I had to guide myself not to submit as, as a chairperson of the tribunal, but as a law student. So, dear colleagues, I think I am answering and the point I've not yet answered but I want to rule out that 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 particular phrase that it is now a one-eyed man leading the blind. Please use a better language. Use a better language, at least. Whereas we, we want to think that way. <laughs> but use a better language. These are few statutes in place. We have one statute. We have a, a, a constitution. Where, wherever the law is, people can actually read the law. Whoever is interested. However, I would want to invite all of you to, um, sorry, I don't have a provision highlighted in the, my, my constitution. However, I will, I will paraphrase. The GUE tribunal is mandated itself in taking part of the electoral process of the incoming GUE tribunal. It having faced with challenges, it having been aware of the things it is going to it has undertaken we undertake now a process that initiates new a new grid tribunal by vetting the people that are going to appear on the ballot for us we do not have a chance to undergo that because there was no tribunal to do that but however the law provides the, the approved constitution that the tribunal takes into account whatever they have gone through and now vet the members of the tribunal the members of the tribunal unlike other positions still undergo through um another scrutiny that is uh, a recommendation is it from the dean there is a leadership at college staff leadership that also provide is also there they actually undergo i think three vettings our vetting the vetting from the college then 
if well guided are also the dean that is how they go then to the electoral commission and appear on the ballot from that then the essence of bringing all the members i am sure the legal department the head of legal affairs Makero university is a lawyer i'm sure of that and i am made to understand he was part of the drafting process of the statute remember, um, remember Yes, uh, Honorable Kakumba, please, uh, as you sum up in, in the last one minute, yes, let's, right. let's try to, right. to keep time. Okay. No, I'm sorry you hadn't given me, uh, you hadn't determined how for how long I would speak. But I would want to conclude on the issue of, of my brother, Bill Joseph Ainerugaba, when he says that um, the tribunal, instead of being more quasi-judicial, it is being subjected to now political discussion to political judgments because of a vote and whatsoever that is also problematic uh, actually it was only that now this was a constitutional petition where the good house wouldn't vote for it but otherwise the constitution is problematic that the good tribunal will now send their ruling to the grc house there then if it has to send to the grc house it means it is now like it's the checker then the other ones are the expert of experts there that therefore means that instead of creating the guild tribunal the guild house would rather create a committee on legal affairs as other committees so that is a problem a parliament i mean the, the legislative body revising revising decisions of the tribunal that will be a problem those those that are pursuing constitutionalism those that would want to petition to the to the council which has powers to amend the constitution please highlight that for the subsequent tribunals they will face a challenge, face a challenge. If they have to um, I would like yes. to thank I would like you. To thank I know the have not answered thank you very much uh, mr thank kakumba nelson the chairperson of the tribunal thank you. Uh, yes honorable Nabuyan. um i would wish to respond um, in one minute because i'll go off um in in in, in the few in the next few seconds because as i told you i'm on yes sure sure um, maybe to begin with, um, it should also go clear on record that um, uh, we are sharing ideas on what ought to be um, the best option for what is called a tribunal or how best can we furnish the current um, tribunal with whatever issues we are raising. But um, uh, maybe, as I told you earlier, I want to respond to one of the issues Mr. Kakumba Nelson raises, that um, in the drafting of this statute, we had the university legal advisor. He doesn't think the university legal advisor is mad. But I will also take you back to precedents where we've had the legal advisor resign from the university because his legal advice has not been taken because um, there is a bias, there is what 
um, uh, the university management wants to be in place and the independence of the legal advisor is not entertained in certain processes that should also be put into considerations. So the existence of a legal advisor in drafting of such a document should not be a justification of, um, of, of something wrong into existence because me, I bear a, an opinion that what is in place is entirely wrong. Secondly, um, uh, the other the, the other features he talks about um, independence. I know Nelson Kakumba on a personal level for some time, um, uh, longer before uh, maybe law school, and I can say that um, Nelson Kakumba is incorruptible and an extremist as far as um, standing on his word is concerned. So um, uh, I, I could maybe say that um, Nelson is, um, uh, by virtue of Nelson being chairperson of that tribunal, there is independence. But independence, it is a very wrong matrix for us to depend on Nelson's character. However, extreme understanding on his word might be to determine the independence of other members. That is why I'm saying that if we have a panel of judges and it's only the chairperson that is speaking during adjudication of a matter or asking certain legal questions and um, the other judges might vote now we under submission because now we under not good English or went to a good primary school. Um, that could also be a justification for the votes, um, uh, not, not not the questioneering, the loopholes that have been put in cases like he has been, um, um, uh, like he was doing in the previous case. So that should also be put on record. Then the other thing is um, efficiency. Now efficiency goes to professionalism. There is no way. There is no way how um, uh, somebody can convince me that the Honorable Minister Gonza uh, Babinga is the best man or could be a good match for the Honorable Minister Namale Alisa's justice and constitutional affairs minister. Obviously, you are mad and insane out of your normal senses. If you could say that, what principles, what basics, what fundamentals is a non-lawyer or a non-legal brain or a person without legal background going to apply while adjudicating matters, either that judgment shall be out of emotions and or either that judgment shall be out of, of, of feelings that I feel, I feel what I told you earlier, and a counsel or Limugezi, even when I'm saying a lot of nonsense because of a good English, um, the vote could be justified. Then the other issue is um transparency. I told you if I was a petitioner in this case, I would be so disgruntled because I did not see justice being done. I saw justice being said to be done because if a judge or if an adjudicator during a process, uh, during a panel of 10 person, it's only one person speaking up, speaking up, uh, uh, yeah, speaking up, it brings a lot of questions. I would say that one eyed man, I'll say it again on record, is leading the nine blind blind men following. Whether he says we crash now, they will cross. Then concluding, um, concluding, I will also say that still on the issue of transparency. And if a judge comes into court and raises such remarks, like um, uh, Peter, you have seen, we are already watching, we need treatment for this and this. Obviously, that is um, a justification of bias. 
and the judgment for us the results have been delivered by the lead by, by the lead judge on the panel yes. who is the chairperson. so it goes back to yes. structuring of the tribunal and professionalism of the tribunal to justify transparency to justify efficiency and to justify um independence thank you so much i beg to submit yes thank you very much honorable nabuyanda thank you uh, for your submission and as i earlier intimated uh honorable nabuyanda did raise a concern that it appears to be that this particular tribunal with only one law student as compared to the former tribunals with uh three law students and two uh laymen and the word laymen is not used in a derogatory manner but it is used to refer to those particular individuals who do not have legal knowledge uh in the particular uh, spheres and activities being deliberated on uh, he claims that the former tribunals were in better position to check the executive and the speaker's chambers. Mr. Kakumba equally and partially sides uh, with Mr. Nelson and uh, Mr. Ineru, uh, with Mr. Nabuyand and Mr. Inerugaba's submission that uh, it sort of actually cripples the tribunal's power where even their own recommendations have uh, to be approved by the House, and it calls on all of us to deliberate on actually crafting some solutions uh, to curb that. But right now, I would like to move on uh, to the uh, chairperson of the Makere Debate uh, Union, uh, a legal scholar, and who equally served as uh, defense counsel for the uh, respondents in uh, constitutional petition number one of 2022, and that is Mr. Harry Mwesigwa. Uh, who came in to, uh, to defend the office of the speaker and the clerk uh, for their impugned actions that were uh, challenged in that particular tribunal. Uh, Mr. Harry Mwesigwa, you are a legal scholar, you are a debater and a powerful intellectual at law school. Uh, my question to you, as was to all the panelists uh, today, uh, here today, what do you really take of uh, the tribunal's disposition Given they are ruling in uh, Honorable Mutamba, Frank, and four others versus the Speaker <coughs> of Parliament and Clark, do you really uh, think this particular tribunal is in all ways able and with all paramounts and effort and capability to check the powers of the Speaker and the Executive? Really, do you really think so? Uh, given all the circumstances surrounding it. And Mr. Hamimesigwa, I'm giving you, uh, or rather I would suggest you use four minutes of this particular space's time to deliberate on that uh, so that we could engage other panelists. I could see the Honorable Minister of Justice is available. Mr. Harry, uh, the ball is, your, is, is in your court now. Thank you so much. Uh... Dalton Chisule for the chance and opportunity. As prior introduced, my name is Harry Mwesigwa. I'm uh, the chairperson of the Makere Debating Union, an organ of the Guild, and I also form the composition of the 88th Guild House. So going straight to your question, a lot has been said, yes, but I will need to first touch uh, a core concept which I feel is very important. While we were engineering and uh, dealing with our respondent submissions to the in the battle of Motamba versus uh, the speaker of the 88th GRC House, one of my colleagues in the house uh, made a particular statement. And he said this, and I'll quote verbatim, that 
even if this tribunal sits and makes a decision, yes, uh, at the end of the day, such a decision has to be approved by the GRC House because that's what the statute warrants. We can always change that decision in our favor, yeah, when we subject it to a political process in the GRC House. Now, why is this problematic, first of all? The statute, and I think it is uh, section 12, yeah, and I think subsections F and G, which state that uh, after the, the tribunal is taken to be a mere disciplinary body under the statute. When you compare that with the previous tribunals, previous tribunals under the previous constitution, before it substantially changed, actually had some substantial power of enforcement, yeah, of their kind of judgments. But here, under the current tribunal that we have, it is supposed to make a, a ruling, yeah, uh, within the, the seven days, right? And then afterwards, it writes recommendations. That means that in its ruling, before its ruling even binds the parties, before the ruling of Mutamba versus Speaker, let's say it went sideways and maybe the Speaker didn't win, before it even bound such parties, it had to be subjected, yeah, to a debate in the GRC House. Because Section G says that... Uh, that firstly, that the tribunal shall uh, make its recommendations to the GRC uh, at a session that is called for that particular purpose after it has had a case. And then afterwards, the GRC votes by secret ballot either to adopt those recommendations or not. This is so problematic because the tribunal shows that it is not independent at all. That means that its rulings or its judgments can only be paper tigers or rubber stamps that will not be enforced because at the end of the day, when they get to a political process, it is easier to overturn them. That is first. Second, in terms of efficacy, uh, as Honorable Nabuyanda clearly stipulated, that the composition of the tribunal uh, speaks that you have one student from the School of Law and other 10 from other colleges, which uh, do not necessarily have knowledge in law. The kind of matters before the tribunal, yeah, do not only require one, natural justice, but also secondly, it is important that one must have at least a minimal expertise in the law. And this point has already been made. Me, what I can do is submit a recommendation because I don't agree with the chairperson of the tribunal that it is okay for all these members not to be knowledgeable in the law. What will happen and what we saw in the previous Motamba versus Speaker is where the chairperson monopolizes the discussion and the other members are actually moved with an inferior, inferiority complex. And at the end of the day, we can even take it that they are, sabotage, they are, they are, they are hostages of the chairperson because uh, if the chairperson says, you know what, I'm the one who knows the law, therefore you need to agree with what I say. You see? So we cannot even have an independence from within. We say that there is war without, we don't have independence, but even within, we do not have independence. Second argument, as I finish, uh, Dalton, is the point that this composition, how can we rectify it? What is the way forward? The chairperson recently, the GRC House approved the budget of the tribunal, and I had the benefit of looking at it, although I might not disclose details. It did not have anything stipulating that the other nine members would maybe get a simple refresher course of about two weeks or so, yeah, or even one week, for them to know the basics of things like natural justice, what entails natural justice, and etc. 
which should be taken to be a mandatory. They might not know the core tenets of the law. Now we take them as laymen, not to be derogatory. But then as a way forward, how can the tribunal under the current system at least work to try to educate other members so that they can be brought to at least an equal footing, having at least basic knowledge? The law school, uh, I think the chairperson, and this is my suggestion, could maybe work with uh, maybe the, the, the Makere Law Society or maybe one of the, 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 the law dons at, at the School of Law. I saw Dr. Ruhoiza on this particular call. To maybe indulge them uh, in simple discussions of about a week or so to at least get these other members to get basic knowledge at least on what entails natural justice, what is a fair hearing, what is the rule against bias, what are all those particular things, that at least we can have members who can appreciate legal arguments, yeah, or, even, who, or who even know at least the basic things of introduction to law, such as the hierarchy of laws and such things, that at the end of the day when a petitioner brings a matter, they can ably respond yeah, from that background information that they have. Because again, we do not have to take the tribunal to the standard of courts of law, because I feel like that is so high. Yeah, Since they are a quasi-judicial body, let us work within that mechanism. And this is my suggestion to the Honorable Kakumba, that maybe uh, having them have a simple, short refresher course, not necessarily in a classroom, yes, but uh, maybe it can be an interaction or something, or maybe a PowerPoint presentation, so that they can get basic knowledge would at least help us solve that lacuna. But on the lacuna of the external independence where its decisions are subject to the GRC, I don't think that can be rectified as, re as yet, except an amendment is moved uh, to the University Council. Back to you, Dalton. Yes, interesting, interesting submission, Mr. Mweseguahari. Uh, the chairperson of the debating union, and he opines that perhaps uh, the institutions of the university, law school inclusive, should deliberate in actually furnishing this particular tribunal. And he points to the fact that maybe uh, the law school could provide educative services, uh, like a, a one week or so uh, sessions for these particular tribunal members when they are voted into power. Uh, to have them acquainted with our principles that entail their particular uh, job calling. Uh, that is to say for the law students on the call, natural justice, among other things, and the simple principles of law. That is one line of argument. It is a fine one, and uh, it has been opined to Mr. Nelson Kakumba. Perhaps in one of his recommendations that he makes, he could uh, chip it somewhere. But then... Right now, uh, members, as I advised you earlier to keep uh, the comments coming in through the comment section, uh, all your opinions, uh, let them keep flowing. And do not forget to follow Lex Amica and more of the series to come. The interesting bit now is uh, coming up. We had a petition against the speaker of the 88th Guild. Uh, reasonably, uh, everyone could expect that each particular government could at least have a legal advisor or, 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 or a minister of justice uh, to that particular effect. And to the shock of everyone who was in that particular session, uh, no one appeared to defend this particular uh, organ, the speaker. Uh, you can see uh, Mr. Navuyanda came in. Uh, you could see uh, the GRC, Ms. Patricia, and Mr. Harry Mwesigwa came in. Is the question, therefore, is the question, therefore, uh, that 
each and every government of the guild should at least proceed with an attorney general at least to work closely with this particular tribunal? Or do these particular organs work independently whatsoever? Uh, because it would really be very much prudent and acceptable and even more convenient if there was an attorney general appointed to defend government. And as I understand it, there are actually more petitions coming in. Following this particular petition, I received uh, around five people with grievances actually willing uh, to proceed to this particular tribunal. So that points to the fact that people are willing very much willing uh, to litigate, uh, very much willing to take to the tribunal their grievances. Now, the question is, should the Minister of Justice at least act as the tribunal and, event, uh, uh, and defend government at all material times? Or should there be an independent post? And even if it is to be there, will it really uh, subsidize at least this particular exercise, cheapen the costs whatsoever? Uh, for the institutions and at least create ease with defending government and promote the rule of law, accountability and democracy. Well, this particular question was supposed to go to the Honorable Minister who jumped off the call uh, immediately. Uh, I go to the middle of the question. But still, let me direct it first to the Honorable Chairperson of the Tribunal. Would it ease your work had the government had at least uh, a sort of attorney general, at least if the Minister of uh, Justice and Constitutional Affairs acted in that particular position to ease your work with service and uh, to, to ease your work. I understand service is a burden for the petitioner, but at least to have that channel of communication and at least an assured defense. Because there was a scenario where this particular tribunal and the petitioners were faced with the possibility that the speaker could not respond. And if they hadn't responded, uh, Mr. Chairperson had issued a communication that would you would proceed ex parte. Perhaps now, let's now pursue that particular line of argument. Yes, and the ball is to your court, Mr. Kakumba Nelson. Thank you so much. By the end of the question, I wish you, you asked a yes or no, because you gave me, you gave the members an explanation. And yeah, surely members here, I would like to invite you to a fact that uh, the Guild House or the guild, the guild cabinet and the guild house under the office of the speaker. Under the law, none of them has immunity. None of them has immunity. Um, as in, the, none of them has um, immunity as to the extent of when they can be sued or if they can be sued in their official capacities or, or individual capacities. However, Given the nature of, of the work these people incur, more so the speaker, given the, the, the office of the speaker has the, the speaker, the clerk, the warden, I would want to, 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 for example, show when the petition of Motamba was coming, it first came prematurely because it came like a letter. Now I, I told him, because I, refused, I received a call from the registrar of the tribunal that we have a petition here. I looked at the petition. Actually, it wasn't a petition. It was an, a letter applying. Actually, even carbon copy to some other offices. Then I told the registrar to call the petitioner so that that particular petitioner looks for a law student for guidance. That is how we now somehow got there. Now, building uh, constitutionalism, I think it takes time. 
and we should appreciate the fact that we are now appreciating the legal challenges we are facing therein day and day and time day and night day and night we have now already found the challenge of having a, a tribunal having one law student and the rest are non-law students now we are also faced a challenge with legal representation actually in one of the the views we had because we already have some standing rules and rules of procedure but not final we 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 are faced with a discussion should we say that uh, it is only law students who represent then one colleague said it would be problematic if we confine it to law students when the statute actually opened even non-law students to be actually now the the ones to decide and that is how we came to a to a consensus that okay let that let, let litigants look for those that they do so wish can deliver a good case on the face of it is of course a law student but you know you may find a student for example there is a student in Makere here i wouldn't want to 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 to, to mention their name up to now we have never known his college very well but non-suspecting members of the society take him to be a law student but when we enter for examinations he has never happened happened he only happened in first year so now you wonder is in which college is this particular person but now we have those categories of people they are in chs they are in choose but when they speak you you wonder is this a law student or a medicine student let me give an example if you've heard the prime minister speak of the 88 when he speaks you can't draw a conclusion that he's from chs you remain there until he expresses it and other members people you've seen them so until this particular challenge of the tribunal itself is addressed then we can also address the issue of legal representation from whichever yes. college comes from. yes uh thank you very much uh Mr. Chairperson of the Tribunal. And now with haste, I would then proceed uh, to uh, Ms. Namali Alice, uh, the 88th Minister of Constitutional Affairs. The condition is, Ms. Namali, that um, where there is an absence of an attorney general to defend this particular government, but yet uh, there happens to be an avenue for grievances, even against this particular uh, government. Uh, to be addressed, that is to say the tribunal, doesn't that leave a void uh, for the office of at least the attorney general of this particular government to, to address those particular grievances and at least to establish uh, an, an, uh, an, a fundamental avenue for addressing at least legally these particular avenues? If there is none, shouldn't then your particular office be the one to act in such capacity at least to represent the government and if yes the, the thing then still persists that you didn't uh, take interest in this particular petition and you didn't even appear yes miss miss namali alice yes over to you um good evening ladies and gentlemen it is quite an honor to be on this platform to share views with fellow land people and um, to express mine as well. About the contention, sure, the government ought to have an attorney general. But then again, the government is open 
to legal representation, what do I mean? I mean that under my recommendation, the government can seek legal representation from other available counsel without necessarily being I. Uh, as, as, as much as I'm the Minister for Justice and Constitutional Affairs, well, there is sort of a, a burden on me to protect cabinet and to, to, to protect um, government, you know, government, government, um, government interests. But then on the other hand, and the reason why I, 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 it was a very intentional move to publicly not participate and to distance myself from representation of any party in this um, in this current petition is so that there is not there is no bias that the Ministry of Justice is only working in conformity with the interests of government because as much as I have that 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 role yes the Ministry of Justice as well as other ministries are put into place to serve the common people the common Macaronian right so in the event that we we got an we got a scenario where people start to doubt whether the Ministry of Justice is for the people, only for cabinet, it would be very problematic. And as such, that is why I thought it very prudent not to <clears throat> take in this particular in this particular case. However, however, I am seriously considering and I'm looking through how we could create the office of the Attorney General, even if it's not particularly mandated in the statute, but as practice, as good practice for me to, um, to you know, uh, have, have a, a way in which the government can have certified and, and approved legal representation for them for whatever case. Uh, as well as much as that is a question that was put to me, I would also want to comment on a few other issues as I've been wanting to do throughout the session, just that I've been curtailed by very, very miserable network. I probably, I, I suspect it's on my part. Um, about about the composition of, I'm going to comment on roughly two issues, two issues and also give a way forward. What about the composition of, of the tribunal? It is unfortunate that that is how it is. I'm saying unfortunate because the ideal would be that the tribunal should have a bench in quotation marks of of legal of legal. I don't want to say professionals, but of people that have adequate legal knowledge, because most of the issues brought in this in this arena are legal based. Well, the, the tribunal has a mandate to has a, has jurisdiction over arbitration as well, which I believe could also be done by any person of reasonable mental standing, yes, and who is who is of high integrity, just as I suspect members of the current tribunal are respective of whether they're in law school or not. But then where it enters into legal affairs, for example, constitutional interpretation, which is the sole mandate of the tribunal, it becomes problematic to have non-legal um, personnel on the tribunal, they'll be subject to, even if there is no direct influence by the chairperson of the tribunal, because uh, as we have had, is a person of good repute, there shall be indirect, I, I believe there could be indirect influence, because if people do not know, if I was in an, if I was on any engineering committee for with engineers, oh, sorry, with one engineer and the rest of us are not engineers, the engineer says that the best way to drive 
to to fix this car is by let me say is by changing the tires i who does not know anything about engineering for example i'm i'm, I'm using this as as a very rough estimate of what i'm trying to say but i who does not know any any knowledge of engineering or mechanics whatsoever would be inclined to think that what a person who does engineering has recommended is the best that would be that you know that underlying dependence on their opinion that is the first issue the second issue is about the ability to check government and other organs um well there is in article 47 of the proof constitution the tribunal is given the mandate is sorry is um is tasked to be independent i am saying tasked because <laughs> it seems more of a task than than a given it's because in in the in, in the same in the same in, in the statute sorry not in the same um not in the same um legal instrument but in the statute which we we should all accept or we should have all accepted by now is a higher legal authority than the constitution the decisions of the tribunal are supposed to be voted for by the grc so when the constitution comes and tells us that the tribunal should be independent in all of its dealings as in 47.1, Article 47.1, it is more of a task on the tribunal to find a way to be independent without uh, without the influence of of the of the house that it has whose whose approval has been subject to. Now, I would want to uh, to take your attention to the fact that in the previous constitution, yes, in Article 53, if I'm not mistaken, or thereabouts. The specific wording was that the tribunal shall be independent in all of its dealings, but subject to the approval by the GRC. It should be very, very, it 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 should be noted that in the current constitution, the new the newly approved constitution, it only stops on the guild tribunal shall be independent in all of its dealings. These are these are just a few words, but you should note the magnon the, the extent of difference that they create. In the previous constitution, they the constitu the constitution did uh, acknowledge the fact that the independence shall be subject to approval by the GRC. In the current cons constitution, it doesn't. And I don't think it's a mistake of the framers of the constitution. I think that there is something in there. There was an intention to make sure that the Guild Tribunal is an independent organ without any, without having its, um, its decisions subject to any other organ as it is. So it's very unfortunate that the same the same constitution that says that the tribunal shall be independent in all of its dealings, full stop. Yes, there 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 then is subjected to um to the statute that implies that there shall be approval of all of all um its decisions by the GRC, which is very very problematic. Yes. Um, well, even without that, you should note that for the tribunal to come into play, for the tribunal to come into existence, its composition must be approved by the GRC in Article 46. What does this mean? It means that if at all the House sees there might be a few members that might be problematic for them, in this approval process, they could remove them which I don't think is a good way to go for a tribunal that is supposed to be independent as this 
as this very constitution is telling um way forward way forward as i try to round up like harry said training i had actually noted it down for my speech but he he preempted my speech i think it is very important for us to have training because now it is as it is right the tribunal has non-legal personnel how then do we move on how do we go forward there should be an induction training for these people in the very least of the bare minimum of legal principles for them to use number two all and I and I and I and I and I, and I say this with utmost emphasis. All members of the tribunal that are present in any particular petition or in any particular sitting of the tribunal should give justification for their ruling. This is because that will mean that people will not think that the chairperson is biasing the rest of the tribunal. Because if it is on record that, for example, the the honourable um, the honourable justice Nachiganda uh, stated the reason for her decision as so and so and so. It shows an independence of thought process that these people sat down, but they all had their independent views and the reasons as to why they came to their particular decision are well stated. You know. I think that would be a good way, a good way to ens- to ensure that the tribunal does not only do justice, but it is seen to be doing justice by the general public, which it serves. Um, I had another suggestion that, in as much as the chairperson is a member of the tribunal, it could be it could be that uh, we we sort of try to follow the jury system. Of the United States, not 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 um, by the letter, but the workings of it there there in there about sorry, where the judge does not vote. Does uh, uh, oh. Honorable Minister, please, uh, uh, for um, in in good spirits, please you could mind concluding in the next one minute. Thank you. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I was actually rounding up, like I stated earlier, that the chairperson should not have a vote. They should only remain with a mandate to guide legally, whereby the actual decision is left to these other members, but the chairperson's role is to guide. Though this, of course, would be problematic in itself, but it would ensure that there is... um, um that 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 the chairperson gives some advice but without without bias on which side they're taking because they're not voting. Because if it is seen that the chairperson took a particular side in a vote, yeah, and then uh, in their submissions, in their guidance, it's also tending towards that it would be problematic. But here, if they're not voting, their guidance would be seen to be a little more objective. And then uh, I, part of part of the things I want to do before I hand over this ministry, before I relinquish it to the 89th, is to make some recommendations to the University Council, preferably before this constitution comes into force, to do some adjustments. For example, on this approval clause, this approval clause is very problematic because we want a tribunal that is independent in all of its dealings, as this constitution states, but which is also good practice as seen outside in the, in the, in the, um, in the, 
the outside world in the legal fraternity as well as the political spaces of Uganda that the the, the courts are independent uh so I'd, I'd want to recommend to the university council to strike out the clause that that puts the decisions of the tribunal subject to the GRC because that does not show independence in any way as Harry said that would mean that the GRC could overturn decisions of the tribunal then in in that case what would be the purpose of the tribunal in the first place we could as well have just brought these people to argue out their cases in the GRC in the house itself so that the house rules Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Namali Alice Grace, for that particular passionate submission. And the interesting bit for me is the recommendation, at least to the University Council and interestingly, members uh, in my tenure as Commissioner for the 88th uh, Guild Electoral Commission. I had an exchange with one of these council members, and she told me that at least they endeavor to attend uh, some of these spaces organized by the students using a particular, um, <laughs> I, would call, uh, I would call them um, <laughs> uh, th these accounts, th these accounts used to camouflage by the students or by other twips and adopting other identity. <laughs> so she said at least uh, through other accounts held, the various held by her. She could attend these sessions and listen to the deliberations by the students. And I hope amongst all of you attendants, at least one of you happens to be a council member and adopt the Honorable Minister's recommendations. But far away from that, now it is the time for me not to act as a dictator and open up uh, the deliberations to the public and it is at this particular point in time that I would employ you members, uh, so long as you request for this mic, uh, to be able to question any one of these panelists to clarify, uh, to contest, uh, to repute, or even dismiss any of their submissions. And as I said earlier, I have Mr. Harry Mwesigwa, chairperson of the debating union, Mr. Nabuyanda, uh, who has jumped over the call, uh, I have Mr. B uh, Bill Joseph Ainerugaba, a political analyst and rule of law activist, Mr. Lakumba Nelson, the chairperson, the Honorable Minister of the Constitutional Affairs. And uh, um, uh, I have, yeah, surely that's it. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, starting with Mr. Nue Ahereza, who has requested for this particular, yes, Mr. Nwe, and off, off he goes. Uh, any other, any other, any other person? Oh yeah, here he is. Hello. Can I be heard? Yeah, sure. Um, this is John Mary Karina. I a two student like me. I'm going to criticize uh, um, like what what happened, like because I as I was preparing for this. Uh, like I read from the facts to the judgment, and like the composition, like all the speakers have talked about, like monopolizing uh, the composition of the tribunal to the school. 
But I think that would be a bad, very, 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 very bad idea because at the end of the day, if we act like dictators and we want to take the power, all the powers to ourselves, we are going, we are going to end up like, like enforcing, like, okay, we are going to end up passing judgments, like which are useless, like the international law. Take an instance, like uh, if. It's if the tribunal is composed of only law students, what, what, and they are adjudicating matters of school of education, and there is no body in the panel like to guide them, like really, like does it make sense? Because like the tribunal is to, is to do justice, and like on the tribunal there is nobody from the school of education. I would like to say like these people they remain there, but the number of law students might increase rather than like making the whole tribunal to be from law school. Usually, like. Uh, like the, the speakers have been adjudicating for a one-man army from law school, but trust me, you're going to be the murderers of yourselves, and you won't like it. Like you're going to make laws which are not going to be what, which are not going to be fit. And then to this, to another thing, I've in the uh, I've been hearing Honorable Kakumba saying, uh, uh, "I we 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 as the tribunal, we as the tribunal." But critically assessing this, I read the judgment of. I made the, the, the judgment of, of the of the tribunal and I can conclude that this was the judgment of Honda Mokakumba because you can't there's no way you can convince me that the person doing uh, doing a business subject, a uh, person doing engineering, a person doing health sciences knows how to uh, like back up things like with cases with proof like uh, I, I, I can't jump to conclusion like saying that this was the overall judgment. It was just the judgment of Honorable Kumba Nelson because, like, he did it systematically and, like, the way it was so so smooth. Like, you see, like, as if you're reading a, like a judgment from what for of the, of the High Court. And I would like to say that we are just blessed because maybe like the, we have Honorable Kumba and he's in here for. But if justice were against our sides and like we had a person from law school on the tribunal whom we had submitted, uh, like he comes from here too, trust me that the tribunal is going, was going to be ramshackled because what we are seeing there, it was Honorable Kakumba thinking for them. And like right now, like if a Yatu member was now the chairperson of the tribunal, you would just see things are placed. A person doesn't know anything about natural justice, a person can't write like a, a judgment and like. Kudos to the kudos to Honorable Kakumba for such for such such great work. Uh, but however, I see some defects in the judgment because uh, if you read the facts of the case, they were saying uh, they communicated via WhatsApp. Really, I I I, I feel like weighing this out like WhatsApp like it isn't a recognized communication what media. So I feel like they left this thing out like a communication via WhatsApp like. He set a, a, a very weak precedent, like neglecting that, like WhatsApp can be used for communication. I think uh, when the we, we, uh, next time, like, or, or when he, he should clarify that WhatsApp can't be used for official official communications. However, I, it was a great, good, it was a good, good landmark. I thank Honorable Kakumba for the work done, and I thank uh, you, the moderator, who is good about as the council for the petitioners for the works uh, for the work for the work done however like all around like um summing it up like uh, i would just say like this the the, 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 the tribunal committee like um, it should consist of 
these members, they form other other faculties just to guide us, but it should compromise of of more of more students in order to prevent that one uh, one man army and. Uh, the other thing which I would like, like uh, this tribunal when it's like coming up, like to come with their, uh, maybe like their judgments, what, what uh, they should like, everyone should should give his, his or her, her opinion. However, in the judgment, what we saw, it was only Kakumba, Kakumba what, summing up everything, like concluding everything. Otherwise, there's been a great show, like I love, uh, I, I love the organization. Uh, yes, thank you, Mr. Kaira John Mary. He was actually meant to be a panelist as uh, an analyst of democracy and the doctrines of constitutional law. Unfortunately, network kicked him out. Now, panelists, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to allow all the people deliberating to submit, and I'm recording down all their questions, and I would actually pose them all to you uh, personally to respond back because I have more uh, floating in through the inboxes uh, other than through the oral, oral submissions. Right now, I would then proceed to another person submitting. And um, uh, we have Mr. We have Mr. Tashana Jeff. Uh, and after him, we shall have Mr. Lukwago. Yes, Jeff. Yes, Jeff, uh, Tashana, if you could uh, please unmute and, and deliberate. Unfortunately, Mr. Jeff, uh, Mr. Tashana, Jeff is not re uh, responding. Uh, proceeding then to Mr. Yes, Jeff. Yes, Jeff. Uh, thank you very much, the moderator, for the opportunity. It is my first time to attend the series and I appreciate for the services. And my question was intended to go to Honorable Nawiyanda, but unfortunately is not here. So I'll push it to Honorable Mwesi Gwahari. And it is concerning the call of having law students on the tribunal because of their knowledge in matters of law. And I think the rationale why you advocate for that is that you need a decision from the tribunal which is well reasoned as a tenet of natural justice. However, to you does it make sense when that well decision, that well reasoned decision by the experts is a subject to approval by the House, which is a composition of lay persons. In essence, it is an appeal. The, 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 the House is there as an appellate court from the decision of the tribunal. So how would you advocate for experts at the bench in the tribunal to make good decisions and well-reasoned decisions that are subject to approval in form of appealing to a house which is a composition of lay persons. Does it make sense? Thank you very much. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Uh, uh, Tashana Jeff. 
as I said, I'm recording down your questions and I would relay them to the particular panelists uh, to answer them and give their closing remarks. Then I would uh, I would proceed to Mr. Uh, to Mr. Yakin, such is evil. Yes, Yakin. Uh, yes. Uh, good evening, Council. I uh, hope you can hear me. Dalton. Yes, uh, Mr. Lukwaga, I can hear you clearly. All right. This is such as if you are keen. You didn't inform me that the engagement was to be online. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But finally, I'm here. I've actually been following up. Uh, now, like I told you earlier on, in, in, in your inbox. I, I will also pose the same question. Uh, much as we are looking at this guild statute, it has a number of provisions. But I've tried to look through it and I've failed to see where do we challenge these provisions from. I've had majority of the members here making uh, submissions and arguments relating to the people embodied on this uh, tribunal. Yes, uh, we. I think it is just some form of appeasement that the, the, the seat of a chairperson was interested with a law student. But then I, I find it, uh, let me say, I find it more of a, a, a pictorial thing than something actual, because having only one person deliberating on issues of the law, because this is what we saw in the judgment, everything that is embodied in this judgment is only a replica coming from one person and the rest of the people are simply to subscribe to it. Because these are issues related to the law. And uh, all of you, I think you will agree with me when I say uh, that uh, we really need to we really need to have people who have knowledge of the law to answer legal issues. Because you cannot uh, reason using your common sense and you say that is the best decision. We agree it is a good decision. But the best decision to law questions should be answered by people who have attended some level of law with them i'll prefer with the former speaker uh, also i'll defer with the former speaker when he said that it will be actually our own selves murdering ourselves when we say that only law students should be there secondly like i've said it was my very question i'll take it to the chairperson uh senior kakumba uh, how do we challenge the provisions of these this statute because any law that is not a subject of the of, of challenging, then it would be more of an absolute law. Yet even the constitution itself can be challenged. So why not this statute? Thank you very much. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Yakin Lukwago. And lastly, out of the people who have requested to have audience, I would have Mr. Amos Mumbere uh, posing his questions to any of these particular panelists. Yes, Amos. Yes, uh, Mr. Mumbere Amos, uh, if you're on this particular session, could you please um, unmute and, and get um, and get your questions coming in? Unfortunately, I can't seem to be catching uh, Mr. Amos Mumbere. Excuse me, hello? Yes, Amos, I can now hear you. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Dalton. Uh, good evening, everyone. 
and uh, it's my first time listening into this series so i must start by commending you on uh, job well done and um i don't think i have any novel things to say that haven't been somewhat discussed by the speakers before me but uh as we seek to kind of enculturate to make a culture of uh let me call it legal of legality of constitutionalism especially in our leadership structures i think it is important to step back and remember that the point where the guild tribunal is operating as is it's a platform that somehow has the entire university represented so i would like to invite us to to consider that first to to consider that look or as it is it is true that we need be the custodians and guardians of legal knowledge across the university which is really true we have highly qualified and competent people making a culture of constitutionalism and i think this is not just a problem we have in makerere it's a problem that we have it represents a more national problem but keeping my discussion to what is uh on the table i would say that uh, and i draw from my experience uh, working on the constitutional review commissions of different colleges with my friends and mr harry mosigwa who has ably discussed the question here today miss ogola priska amo um it's important to remember that one putting out this knowledge and making sure that you know it becomes a culture of following certain rules of procedure and principles of natural justice in determining cases by uh, or before the tribunal it's not just the preserve in my view for students like yes you can hand down a well reasoned judgment but to extend this into a kind of impersonal context where we have a system that upholds constitutionalism where we have a guild house that would hopefully take a well reasoned judgment and vote for it as against it uh there was someone has already said uh quote and quote if you say you th- if you make your rulings we'll vote against them and have our way it involves more or less bringing the other uh, from different colleges up to par and i think that we should not really presume a certain kind of uh i don't want to use the harsh term of incompetence paste but rather to view this as an opportunity to make sure that you know the people whoever are sitting at the tribunal if it's not in this term in the next term and so on and so forth appreciate the expertise that uh you know a student of law or a legal mind can bring to such a platform so what's the basic point of what i am saying is that while we might make the case for more legal minds uh on to on, on this kind of platform it's important to see that our job is not just to hand down well reasoned judgment it's to bring people to appreciate the basic tenets in those judgments while they're in on 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 the same platform so what i'm saying is that uh, we simply need to have these people on board and that in my view cannot happen if we could argue for a strictly legal 
tribunal. These people need to be in spaces where, um, where basically they could, they could watch, they could learn, and also lend a hand in expertise that we might not have. Because yes, a delivering delivering a legal judgment is not just a case of giving legal knowledge. You also need technical expertise and individualized or specialized knowledge that these people might have. So. I do not per se support the view that uh, the tribunal, like yes, we could have more legal minds on there, but we need as many people from other institutions, other, co- other colleges lending in a hand. And with that interface of knowledge, hopefully, hopefully we can the functional quasi-judicial system within the context of the GIL tribunal. Uh, as I conclude, I would say that uh, once again, it seems to me that the way this thing is set up, the nature, the nature of the tribunal, at least when you consider the fact that the house still has some kind of veto power over its decisions, it seems that the nature that it has, it's an advisory function, since these decisions are not necessarily binding until they are ratified by the house. So what becomes the role of the legal minds we have in the house, so to speak? It's to be the voice of reason. Like, in my view, the job doesn't stop in coming onto this and, you know, making a very compelling case for how much we need lawyers on the table, which we do, right? It's that when these decisions go to the house, what are your... How do you put your gifts of convincing people to come to see what should be the culture? And allow me to relieve us of the collective delusion that this is going to happen within the next two months that the current house has in office. It's going to be long and thankless and arduous work. And it's work that needs to be done. So, as I conclude, I'm really just saying that uh, we should expand our mind and consider these factors as we have these discussions. Otherwise, thank you for everything you've stated so far. But uh, let's look at yes. also those considerations. So, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Mumbere Amos. Yes, uh, a very uh, staunch follower of uh, democracy and inclusiveness. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I do not have any requests. At least it is on record that I, that I do not have any requests for people. Uh, seeking to partake in deliberating or even questioning, varying or interrogating some of the submissions by these particular uh, panelists. Yes, and Miss uh, Namale Alice have again uh, sent a request for you to uh, still come on board, on board as a panelist because there are particular questions posed to you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, and the panelists, I'm going to... Uh, read out the particular questions that have been posed to you uh, summingly or in total. And as you do this, uh, you will take only three minutes of this particular space's time. And please, among those three minutes, uh, your closing remarks too are included. And I will start with Mr. Joseph Bill Ainerugaba. And uh, in my inbox, uh, Mr. Bill, a question has been uh, posed uh, specifically to you, although not orally, that you seem to suppose that because the questions are not legal, 
uh, those that have come to the tribunal, that because these questions are not legal but merely political, uh, so the neutrality of these particular members or independence can't be assured since these legal questions can only be answered depending on the, on the advice of the chairperson. But that is not the case. And this is what this particular member suggests to posit to you. Now, Mr. Bill, as you respond to that, be sure to include your closing remarks in these three minutes given to you. Over to you, Bill. Uh, thank you, Mr. Moderator. And I, I think the question uh, specifically touches on my closing remarks. Now, I, I did not say that the, the tribunal is handling uh, question, political questions. M my contention was that the original composure and the way the, the tribunal is set up to make decisions, it appears that people thought there would be more political questions than legal. That's why perhaps they are saying the, the, the decisions shall be by secret ballot uh, and uh, composition and things like that. So that is it. But to answer the question more specifically, uh, it is basing on the two, and, and in conclusion, it is basing on the two uh, propositions of the way forward that I had given. And it, in, uh, it is largely uh, uh, in, in agreement with what other people have said. And first and foremost, the, the basis of, of these two propositions is that, and I'll repeat that for, for clarity, is that when you look at the composition of the tribunal, I have to, mean, I have to be very brief, is that it appears that it is a court of first instance, it is an appellate court and its decisions are final. So it is its composition is making it look like both a court of first instance and a final appellate sort of things. But, but more specifically, because when you look at the functions of the tribunal, it is it is acting as a disciplinary uh, platform for the guild. It is doing questions of interpretation and arbitration and advisory. And these are specifically questions of law. Like they are not questions that are tailored to a certain area of specialization, like other tribunals. So these these questions of trade usages and practices that will need non-lawyers to be on the tribunal. And thirdly. The, we, we also have issues of where, even if it's a one-man show, we have even law students are prone to, to make errors. We, we had, a, we had a, a case where the, the College Guild Council of the law school was the very first to go rogue and we had to, to quickly step in and, and stop them. So it, it is not a guarantee that by simply having one person from law school, it is enough to get a reasoned decision. So again, that's why I'm in agreement with people who are advocating for an expansion of the participation of law students, but that should not come at the cost of the participation of others. And that's why I agree with uh, my land brother, uh, Mr. Momberry. But, but secondly, we, we, these, these things of decisions by secret ballot, especially uh, where, where we are having people prone to, to error, I think, and I would agree with uh, Honorable Alice that uh, members of the tribunal should back them up with reasoned judgments. And, uh, and lastly, I would like to to thank everyone who has participated, and everyone. Uh, back to you, Mr. Dalton. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Joseph Bill, uh, for that uh, closing remark, closing remark, and all the deliberations. And now, swiftly, I would like uh, to shift then to Mr. Uh, to Mr. Harry Mwesigwa, 
and it was posed to you by Mr. Tashana Jeff that you see Mr. Harry Mwesig, the chairperson of the debating union, you tend to be calling for law students uh, to partake or to take actually roles in this particular process because they have knowledge uh, for the law. He also went on to submit that you see the house or the 88th Guild House is actually there to serve as an appeal. And so uh, the particular assertion that only law students should be taking this is not verified because at the end of it all, the House as an appeal shall be there to weigh in on the deliberations of this tribunal. And now, Mr. Mwesigwari, uh, what is your take and response to this? And be guided that among your three minutes is one for your closing remarks. Yes, Mr. Mwesigwari. Thank you so much, Dalton. Um, so to respond to, to uh, Mr. Dashana's question, uh, so my argument primarily, yes, I did not argue for the exclusivity of lost students entirely, yeah, that uh, only students will be taken to the quarters of quarters, yes, compared to other uh, colleges. And that, that has a, a legal backing to it. But to, to go into Tashana's question, now, with a reasoned judgment, as Amos has said, yeah, if you have a composition of law students and then they give a well-reasoned judgment, yeah, based on principles of law and well-explained that that uh, even a layperson can understand, right? Because they begin to break down the like mystic features of the law and then bring it to, to the common sense general perspective. Now, when you have a team of law students who can ably do that, that means that that kind of judgment will, one, have better jurisprudential value, yes, and profit capitalism and all those things. But also, secondly, it will be an easy judgment, yeah, to defend or even for the members they have to do for when they are there. I personally uh, a bit of the house, and this I can tell you that it's not like the house people who are utterly ignorant, yeah. But if you can explain to them in common terms, basing on a well-reasoned judgment, then most likely they will follow your sway and agree with you. Yeah, that is how the tribunal would even have an easier route of having its judgments enforced, yeah, by the JRC House because the guild are. Uh, constitution and organs and statute envisage a kind of government where the GRC is supreme compared to the other two, yes? But secondly, yes, uh, and this I will also add my voice to, to what uh, Mr. Sechizivu said, that if it is found that some of these particular provisions which are now problematic for the tribunal, yes, uh, such as uh, it subjecting its decisions to the House and etc., then maybe a court process can be ensured or it can be set in motion to say that if some of these provisions offend other constitutional values 
or some other supreme laws, yeah, like laws enacted by parliament, then it is commonplace and it is important to, to challenge the same in the high court because, because the, 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 the statute can be challenged in the high court. Yes. So I think with a nexus and a balance within those two things, we can work towards better efficacy. Well, my departing points. First is, I will emphasize that we can pick an idea from this space that firstly, whereas we now still have members on the tribunal who are laymen, we can set in motion a strategy where they are taught and they are educated through refresher courses, right? So that they can be able to get basic knowledge on constitutionalism and the rule of law and natural justice so that they can ably discharge their mandates. Two is that to ensure that the tribunal is independent, both externally, uh, first of all, that is the GRC doesn't entirely interfere in, into its actions, then we should work to have more expertise and more judgments that are well-reasoned and sound, and that can defend certain principles and standpoints so that the GRC won't be so prone to actually uh, fail to enforce such judgments. But lastly, is to add my voice to what the Honorable Minister of Justice said, which is that um, to also ensure the internal independence of this particular tribunal, then it is important that all these other members, after they have gotten refresher courses, right, they can be able to also write their own reasonings, yeah, whether they are majority or minority rulings. The way we see the judges uh, in, the, in the higher courts of record, where they sit in a quorum, do that Whereas a judgment of the court can come out, yes, even if where the the whole the whole uh the whole bench is agreeing and there is no dissent, yeah, sometimes people can agree but have different reasons why they actually agree to a particular standpoint. And for jurisprudential value, it is important to have those particular things added. So it shouldn't be the chairperson only writing. Maybe other members can also contribute where you have of the seven who sit on a quorum, maybe five right and then the others say we concur and we have nothing useful to add. But we can't have only the chairperson writing and others say we Thank you so much, Daniel. Yes, uh, thank you very much, uh, Harry Mwesiwa, uh, for your points and your, your particular reasoning. Now, uh, without wasting time, I would proceed to the question posed to the Honorable Minister of Justice, and that is Ms. Alice uh, Namali. Uh, it goes that, Honorable Minister, uh, you seem to be agreeing uh, to the argument that you see we need members with uh, a founding in legal knowledge to actually sit on the tribunal uh, for there to exist a uh, better, uh, better service of justice. So, to that end, Honorable Minister, do you plan to amend or at least cause an amendment as government, at least from your office, of these particular laws. Yes, over to you, Alice, and in three minutes with your closing remarks. Thank you once again. Um, when I was submitting, I think I, I mentioned that although the, what, what would be the ideal would be to have a fully legal bench in the presence of a situation where we are offered inclusivity over professionalism per se, we could still make it work. And that's why I emphasized a lot for a big part of my submission, I emphasized the way forward, that the system of inclusivity over professionalism could work. Right now it's not in the best state, but if we modified a few things as per my recommendation,
that I was fronting of uh of of, of borrowing from the of the United States, we could have something like that. Because you see the jury is not legal personnel, yet they're interested with with as much as lives of people, entire lives of people. Juries are given the right to decide whether a person goes to the death penalty, gets the death penalty or not. So that means that the system interests a certain amount of 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 um of trust into the people, into the lay people as we have been calling them, not out of disrespect, but to you know, to sort of explain that these people, as much as they're not legal personnel, they are reasonable people and in fact these people these people would be the best would be the ideal people to show that there's justice that the it's what it's what the average person is thinking that that is the opinion of the average person um well maybe a bit to modify that idea a bit we could have could have um tribunal facilitated with around two legal professionals that guide their debates God, sorry, um, when these two professionals are, <laughs> their role is strictly to get the debate so that we do not have only one legal personnel who is also casting a vote in charge of guiding the rest of the members so that we have independent sources of legal advice for the tribunal. Um, uh, lastly, I'd like to to point the fact that there's an appeal system in place, the law envisioned uh, scenario in which people could want to appeal from the tribunal, and it is fortunate that Article 47.2 presents such a such a opportunity for any person that that decides that the tribunal's ruling is not um, is not is not good enough for them. So that means that even though there is this approval by the GRC. If a decision comes out by the tribunal and it is overturned or upheld by the GRC, it's still subject to appeal to a higher body in this university. So I'd like to point this out. Uh, yes. Um. Thank you very much, Alice, uh, for that particular submission. And as we uh, we now move closer to the end of this particular session, uh, the two remaining questions, as generalized, uh, are to the two honorables. That is, uh, Mr. Nawi and Solomon, uh, to whom I thought this particular question was best addressed, and of course another to Honorable Kakumba. And to begin off, of course, I would want Mr. Nelson, the chairperson, to have the closing remark uh, of this particular session. Now, Mr. Nabuyanda, uh, this particular question posed by Mr. Amos Mumbere, or rather this particular opinion, uh, calls for your response. And it was to this effect that as we seek to make it a culture of constitutionalism at Makere, it is important to step back and remember that the tribunal is a platform that has the entire university represented. Whereas we are the custodians of law, of the law as we, the law students, given it's a matter of constitutionalism, it is reflected in the statute that there is need to, to include every member of the university. And as the guild uh, that votes on this particular recommendation of this particular tribunal and its findings, it is equally of an inclusive nature with 
all people representing various societies. No segregation that you see this one is particularly a low scholar or they have a backing of law. And you see uh, the aim he says is that everyone in this democratic participation should be included and the tribunal too, given the fact that coming back fundamentally, zeroing down, it's still a quasi-judicial body and not a judicial body as you would have it. So there is no need for, for, for a backing in, 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 legal, uh, in, in legal experience whatsoever. Let people have the reasonable say in the matters that run their particular governments. And Mr. Uh, Solomon Nabuyanda, what would be your take as you equally give your closing remarks in the last, uh, in these three minutes? Uh, yes, Nabuyanda. Um, you can hear me? Yeah, sure, I can. Yeah, um, to begin with, um, I'll appreciate um, uh, everybody that has tuned into this specific, specific space um, to, 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 to the great um, debate we've had with my fellow panelists. Um, I want to also appreciate them for their time and the wonderful submissions that have come in. I resound the words of one of the greatest men in my life, that is um, uh, Justice um, uh, Samuel Wakoambozi. He normally said, he normally said, um, in um, 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 in academia, we thrive on criticism. So criticism is not simply because. Um, uh, we are we, we are actually soiling. It would be actually so bad for such a debate to waste two full hours discussing um, uh, discussing negativity with no alternative, without an option. But I'm happy um, uh, Lex Amica has put up such a platform to debate that. And back to Amos's argument. Um, uh, in this setting of the Makere University, um, I will say that uh, most of the issues that are going to go to this tribe, you know, are legal issues, questions of law. For example, I've had rumor, um, uh, I think I saw in someone's status, um, where um, someone was saying that the university has added um, three months to, to the GRC or to, this, to the guild government. I don't know how true that is. Um, I told you I'm unwell, so I've not taken initiative to verify that. But I'm giving an example. So if three months have been added to the guild government, it is going to create another question of law, and it will call for constitutional interpretation. Calling for constitutional interpretation, there is no way um, it, uh, there is no way um, the Honourable Minister Alice Namale shall know where the vein is to inject me um, uh, than, 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 than the Honorable Minister Kalunji shall actually do it accurately. You are committing a blunder. So what I'm trying to say is we need the fundamentals. We need the basics. There I will actually go with maybe what Harry proposes that maybe if there are um, uh, um, those short course, uh, rather trainings for the guild, um, uh, for, the, for, um, for specifically the tribunal and other people, they would be so nice. But still, that means that we shall need a technical team. This technical team is to guide the tribunal, but that now means that the tribunal is not independent. The decisions are 
largely going to rely on what the technical team um, actually is going to say. You see, um, uh, if you died now, Dalton, and um, you, uh, we suspect that you died of um, um, a heart attack, and maybe a doctor, Harry, says that um, Dalton died of um, Dalton died of uh, let me say lung cancer. We will go with what Dalton say, rather Harry says, because Harry is. A specialist, Harry has that um, peeling, that background um, in, in medicine, not um, not speculation. And we are not saying that the tribunal is doing badly, or we are not saying that the tribunal has bad members on the bench. No, that is not my argument. That is why um, you see when we get off the rational um, arguments and debate um, we, we are supposed to be on, to personal character assassination, which I believe I could do better. But um, because of the much respect I hold for this debate, um, I will not delve into that because um, I think my common sense will dictate that um, I concentrate on the subject. So I'll say that... um, I'll say that um, professionalism and technicality or... um, uh, for lack of a better word, nurturing that kind of um, adjudication we need um, even out of Makerele to the nation tomorrow, the bigger picture is um, what I would consider and look at. That is why I'm saying that if we could put up all these strategies, if we could put up all these strategies to see that we furnish whatever is in place, inclusivity could not be the best argument for the best results. Um, I, will conclude, I will conclude by saying that um, personally, I have not gotten chance to be part of student politics in, um, in Makere University, apart from my, um, I think, first year and second year at Makere University. I'm always humbled and honored to actually join in such spaces of um, uh, building the nation as we build for the future at Macquarie University. I'll commend Lex Amica. I'll commend my panelists and say, I love you. Good night. Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mr. Nawi and John Solomon uh, for engaging. And the question, the last question, that was posed, and this was posed, I repeat, by Mr. Sechizivu, Yakin, was to the chairperson. And Mr. Sechizivu seemed to be lamenting that, you see, uh, when it comes to this tribunal, there is only one person, and this is the chairperson, who is merely pictorial. Everything that seems to be happening in this particular tribunal is merely uh, embodied in this particular one person, and this can be traced from his judgment, which is equally well-reasoned and can't be done by any other person except a person with a background of law. And when it comes to this particular tribunal, it is uh, the chairperson himself. And then Mr. Harry seemed to be reasoning and agreeing with the Honorable Minister and uh, Joseph Bill too did agree that it comes down to a well-reasoned judgment, at least, or in the least, all these are questions that have been posed to the Honorable Chairperson, uh, Mr. Nelson Kakumba, who is actually off the call. Of, uh, he's, he's on the call as a listener. I've tried to engage him as um, a panelist, and he doesn't seem to be responding, and these are left to be unanswered. But whatever your take is from today's discussion, 
uh, we are quite confident as Lex Amica that at least you have been given the particular point of view from the legal scholars, some of the practitioners that took part in the issuing of this particular decision of Motamba, Frank, and four others versus the Speaker and Clerk of the 88th Guild. Equally, you've had an engagement from the good minds and the finest thinkers from the Makerelo School uh, deliberating. And on the panel, we have Mr. Bill, and we have, uh, uh, among other people, um, uh, Mr. Nabwe and an activist, and the minister herself. Equally, you've heard from the people submitting, from Jeff uh, Yakin, you have heard Mr. Mumbere Amos. Everyone deliberating, and very many others in the comment section have kept on commenting. And uh, Mr. Ijuka Alan did comment that the idea of refresher courses as suggest by, suggested by Mr. Harry may not be viable due to limited time that each build house has in office. But again, Mr. Nabuyanda has told us perhaps there is a possibility of even increasing this particular guild house's tenure for another three months. And then that will call for another political question. You see, the statute says on every 27th day of the first month of every second Dalton, semester. Dalton. 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 Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. I, I did not realize that uh, I had become a listener. Otherwise, I'm here. Otherwise, I'm here. Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Kaku. Mr. 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 Nawiyanda, if you could still hold on for, for some time, let's hear from... Let, 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 let's first hear, let's first hear from Mr. Kakumba. Let's okay, first hear fine. from Mr. Kakumba and, and then you come in. Yes, Mr. Kakumba, uh, the question posed by Mr. Yakin, I, I hope I you have, captured I've, it. I've captured it very well. Yes. Thank you so much. I think yes, it will uh, be the time for giving my parting words, right? Yeah, sure, sure. All right, thank you so much. I would want to... <clears throat> you know, his question was, where, how do we challenge the statute? It, also, it was also his question. Now, the statute itself... Um, its very last provision says that uh, the council may, it even says may, not shall, but the council may amend the statute. So therefore, in case we need to challenge the statute itself, we have to apply to the council. So that directly answers that. Now, I come to that particular question uh, that you have raised. However, before I got there, I would want to make myself clear. I actually saw some statuses frying and I had a feeling they would create a they would create a feeling of discomfort. And then I had my brother there say character assassination. It may be emanates from one of my statements, but if it it does, I would want to clear that I said that whereas the general public thinks that a given person is a lost student and they are not a law student is that particular person with a registration number well known to be a law student. Whether they are in school or not, they remain law, school, law students. You cannot enroll for two programs in Makere University. For whoever has shared the status, I would want to clarify myself clear and make my point better. None of us here who is a law student, I meant to mean one. And in case, because it appears my learning brother and senior brother who have not seen in Makere but before Makere, Solomon, you think it's you. My brother, it's not you because for you, I don't only know that you are a law student, but I know that you are even a human rights activist. So that particular one wasn't, wasn't directed to you. However, 
I said, and I would want to re-echo myself because when I was coming here, I was not coming as the chairperson of the tribunal. Unfortunately, Dalton refused to amend that. I wanted to come as also a legal scholar. We share these things. I said, the general public believes in a given person being a law student. I mean, the non-suspecting members. But however, I last saw him in classes. He never came for examinations. That person, my, my brother Solomon, when I use an innuendo, you know them, it's not you. We were together, we have gone through the things together. So please, if in any way you would want to think it was directed to you, no, 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 let's not, uh, make, yes. this, let's not make this uh, a panel of, of, of all yes, and Elias uh, Rukwago. Never, never, I cannot. Yes, Kakumba. Kakumba. And last. Yes, Kakumba, thank you much. Kakumba, thank you much for, for, for the submissions and everybody for coming in, uh, tuning in for this particular space. As Lex Amica, we do not encourage any uh, such uh, libelious or even insultive um, statements issued. And I would like to bring it to light that neither of these panelists and none of them indeed did issue uh, an insultive or innuendo statement to any of the panelists. Just to clarify on that particular matter, this particular platform is, the, for, is for the exchange of ideas and intellectualism. And we do hope that everyone takes it to that particular light. As we conclude this particular space, uh, let's not forget to follow Lex Amica and keep up with the activism and the compliance with the rule of law. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, the panelists, for making this a success. And I would like to wish you all a good night. Thank you for the deliberations. Good night.